0: Welcome here everyone, Um, welcome you online for joining us today, uh, this is Pathway Community Church and uh, my name is David Wall, I am one of the administrators for the men's ministry here at Pathway and uh, I've been asked to do a a sermon on witness, that's been the series we've been doing. Uh, Pastor Andrew did uh, the Gospel Defined where he talked and, and broke down what the gospel really is. And then uh, Riley, he more spoke about our, our actions towards others in, uh, in that, as we've received the gospel. Uh, today, we're gonna look specifically at Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And, uh, but I'll read 16 just for a little more context. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and behold I am with you always to the end of the age. I'd like to pray if you guys would just join me in a word of prayer before we enter into this uh, sermon. Father I just want to recognize that you are the awesome God that you are. Lord that you are the father of all creation. Lord that we stand here today because of you. Lord Be with me as I step into this and and teach your word, Lord. May your spirit guide me and give me the words to speak that I'm accountable to you, Lord. May it soften the hearts of those hearing it, Lord. And may they be open to your message. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, so I'd like to give just a little bit of context of what's happening here. Uh, the, Mary had just come to the tomb after Jesus had been crucified and buried. Um, she enters in and she meets the angels and they tell her to go. He said, he is not here. Go to Galilee and tell the others. So she obeys and she goes she heads off to Galilee to tell the 11 disciples. And that's where we want to start looking at. When we get it to verse 18, Uh, this passage is very unique, for it is the final recorded words of our Lord. So what did He say? He spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on the earth this word, these two words, all authority, this word authority needs to be established because everything flows from it. Excusia is the word in the Greek used here. And it's translated most often as authority or power. This word is used again in Matthew 7, verse 28 to 29. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Uh, Jesus also shows his authority. In Revelation 1.18, the Lord said, "'I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys to Hades and death.' And Paul said this of Jesus in Philippians 2.10, he said, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and on those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. His Lordship reigns. It has been revealed. Understanding this is so vital to our belief in him. He has ultimate power over all, the spiritual and the natural. Immediately, the Lord follows with a therefore. And which time we see this word, we could say, because of this. Whenever I read therefore in scripture, I automatically do that. I say, I tell myself, because of this. It helps me to kind of understand what's coming. I always know that there's a there's either a command or some kind of direction happening next. Really have to look back at the passage before to see what we were talking about, what what the scripture was talking about. And then I can move forward. Therefore, go and make disciples. And there it is. There's the because. Because he has all authority, go and make disciples. But I want to pause there. The word disciples. uh, I know we've all heard it before somewhere. Maybe we've studied it or spoken on depth in this matter. Maybe you've even heard it spoken at times of worship or read it, or maybe you've never, ever heard it before. And now wonder, what does this word discipleship entail? I know, uh, for me, it's for years I wrestled with discipleship and what it meant for me, uh, David Wall, living in Winkler, Manitoba, working as a carpenter, How do I disciple? And I struggled with that. I really did because I saw how Jesus did it. And in our culture now, it looks so different, doesn't it? But I want to be clear about this. We must be Christ's disciple. No one can make disciples if you are not one yourself in John chapter 3 a man named Nicodemus he came to Jesus and he a religious man a teacher himself a Pharisee said verse 2 he said rabbi we know you are a teacher come from god for no one can do these signs that you do unless god is with him and i think Jesus knew what he was thinking and what was on his heart and Jesus said truly truly i say to you unless One is born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Those are strong words from the Lord. And I want to share something vitally important. We will never, ever enter into God's kingdom or see it, as John the Apostle has put it here, by living a good life, giving our money to the poor, helping your neighbor build a fence, perhaps. Maybe helping... Lady down the street, shovel her driveway. Or even being raised in a Christian home. As probably some of you have. No, we all start in the same place, every single one of us, and that is dead. We are dead in our sins. That's our starting place. Folks, let me tell you. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 1.8, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And again, in Ecclesiastes 7.20, There is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. Or even Romans 3, you could look at what Paul said. He says, both Jew and Gentile are under sin. That's everyone. We need a Savior, and we need Him desperately. Look, I don't know where you're at in your life, whether you know God or you do not. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? I'm not sure. But God the Father gave His Son up to die for every single one of us that we might be saved through Him and have eternal life. If you want to turn with me to John 16, sorry, John 3.16. I know this is quite a familiar verse for a lot of people, but we're going to go through it. John 6, 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And if we keep reading in 18, he says, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus says, We're not condemned, rather, because we choose not to believe, we are condemned already. We are already in condemnation. He has come to give us life. Listen, friends, I believed in God when I was young. I did. When I was a young boy, I I went to church, I did those kinds of things. went to Bible camp. I know. And I know that I believed that there was a God. But so what? Listen to what James says in in verse 219. He says, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. So even Satan believes. So what credit is that to me? I did what I wanted after that. I lived how I wanted, I chased after money, immoral sex, and I was deep in a drug addiction. Till finally I gave up and I was completely broken. That's when in 2014, I turned to him who could heal me. Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. I repented of my sin and I came to him. Jesus came as a babe here to this earth to live a sinless life and pay the ultimate price so that we might be saved. He was beaten, ridiculed, spit on, then lifted up with nails in his hands and in his feet. And hung to die on a cross. He was so beaten and weak he could not even carry it. Until he breathed his last breath. And he said, it is finished. He spent three days in the grave, then first seen by Mary, then the eleven disciples, then hundreds more. He had risen. He was alive. Death could not hold him. He paid for our sin, and now he was seated at the right hand of God, the Father. John 10 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He said, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Life abundantly. So it doesn't matter what walk of life you've come from, or where you've been or what you've done, you actually can be healed. We must confess our sin to him and repent of it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. First John 1, 9 says that. Jesus said, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Jesus is inviting us to a feast at his table And what a feast it would be to dine with the Lord. If you guys would just flip with me to uh, John, there's a lot of scripture in this, I know. But turn to John 5, 24 through 30. I'll give you a second, as I need a second. It's a bit of a passage. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life, and shall not come into judgment out, but has rather, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear it will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also. Because of this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. The Lord has promised us eternal life. If we believe in Him who sent Him, the Father, we can be saved. He is the righteous judge. And if you've been washed with the blood of Jesus, You have been made clean, and that, my friends, is so amazing. And if you have not submitted to the Lordship of Christ, then I urge you, don't wait any longer. The Lord is calling. He is a gentleman. He knocks at your door, He asks you to invite Him in. He's not going to break it down. It's up to you. I would urge you, if this is something that's on your heart, that you would seek someone godly in your life. It doesn't have to be a pastor, but it sure could be. But someone someone you know that is sure of their faith, pull them aside, have a word with them. Ask God to reveal Himself to you, and He will. And if you have repented of your sins and confessed them and believed on the name of Jesus, you are his disciple. I'd love to give you just a few evidences of what a disciple looks like according to scripture. There's three points here and the first one is this. This is the evidence. John 8:31. Says Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, He said, If you abide in My words, you are My disciples indeed. Abide can mean continue. If you would replace abide and continue in God's Word, that is also fitting. Uh, Or you could replace it with remain. To abide in God's Word, that is what John is talking about. He's saying, Read, read the scriptures, know them, memorize them, place them in your heart. The second evidence is this, John 13, 34. Jesus says, A new command I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. I know that Riley spoke on this in length of the love for one another. And uh, it is just this love piece that we talk about that, that word love has just been so misused today. And um, and we have diluted it. Absolutely. Love for one another is not that kind of love. Not like we would love cake, for instance, or a car. It's not that kind of love. This is the love that the Lord showed, for, showed to us, that He would give His life for us and that we would give our life for others. There's no greater love than that. And in that statement, Does it sound like there is any room for unforgiveness in Jesus' statement? Is there any room for judgment? Absolutely not. We must forgive, and we must not cast judgment on others. I know it's difficult. I'm a failure in that more often than I can count but that doesn't keep me from striving forward and seeking the Lord. There is nothing he hasn't forgiven or cannot forgive. And as a disciple of Christ, strive. Strive to love as he loved. Thirdly, John 15:8. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Bearing fruit, and not just fruit, much fruit. There must be fruits to our labors, of the love we've shown to others, and ultimately to God. Our disciples, if we have any, if we are making disciples, they will bear, our fruit will bear through them. So are you bearing much fruit? That is a hard question, and I, I really believe that that is one that every single person needs to ask themselves. Now, I just want to recap on those three points. Abiding in God's Word was the first one. Are we reading, meditating, studying the scriptures daily? Daily, folks, not just once a week, not just on Sundays when the pastor reads it from the front, but taking it home with you, meditating on that, thinking with purpose. The second was to love and love for one another. These are the evidences of a disciple and bearing much fruit. These are the three measures that I love to use just for my own guidance. But I would seek the scriptures and look deeper. Like I said, I have felt like a failure in this more often than I can count, and it can be hard. We have to deal with lies from the enemy constantly pouring in, but with a repentant and contrite heart. We will not be overcome by lies from the father of lies, the devil. No. Lamentations 3, to 23 says this, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. So I'd like to go back. I know we took a bit of a detour. Um, but going back to Matthew 28, where Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. And he says, in verse 19, he says, go. Therefore, go and make disciples. He does, does he mean, does he mean like drop whatever you're doing and go? To, to make disciples, I, I don't think that's what he's saying. So, let's look at the word a little bit. In, in a way, yes, he wants us to give everything up and, and listen to him. And obey his commands. But this word go comes from the word putathentis in Greek, which can be actually translated better going. Or as you are going. Which really can change the, the view of how to make disciples. It did for me. This, as you are going versus just go. I would say that uh, mo- most of us are not rabbis like in Jesus' day, um, who more than likely had their own disciples and they lived and acted as they did. That's how disciples. in in those days, in that culture. Um, I would say the majority of us aren't rabbis and living in the Jewish culture, but we could be. Um, But it's probably not the norm for most of you. So this word purathentes means, meaning go or going or as you are going, gives guidance. It's incorporating your faith in God into everything we do. The psalmist David said it this way in uh, Psalm 34.1. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Our lives ought to be submersed in Christ. Our desire is to be for him always. Abide in him and he will be on your lips. Continue in his word and he will guide you. These are the marks of Christ's disciples. Go out, preach the gospel, yes, but don't leave it there. Make disciples of all nations, not just Christians. This word translated comes from the word etnos or or etne, and I may be butchering the Greek, but uh, I'm sure you'll have some forgiveness for me in that which can mean different people groups, this word etne. It can mean different people groups, or more particularly in that day, it meant people that were not Jews or people who were not Christians. That's who we were supposed to go to. It really meant all peoples, people who spoke a different language, who come from a, a different culture, perhaps. Preach the gospel to every creature. To all the world, to every person, and as you go, make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. Those are Jesus' words. He commands us. I just felt like I should touch a bit on baptizing, Um, it's not a requirement of salvation in Jesus Christ. But there's significance that is this. Jesus telling the disciples to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit was this ushering in of the new covenant. This was a new baptism. They, were, they, they the Jews, believed in God the Father and God's Spirit, but not of the Son of God. Sorry, rather, but not the Son of God, who could take away all their sins as far as the the east is from the west. No, this was was not the baptism that John the Baptist was baptizing with. This was new. Jesus is the difference maker. He is the fulfillment of Genesis 3.15 from the beginning. So if you believe, be baptized. And if you're not, what are you waiting for? You believe, be baptized. It's enough if you believe. Show what God has done for you. Proclaim it. And as far and as for disciple making, it involves, according to the, to the Lord, baptism into Him and teaching them to observe, or rather obey, everything He has commanded you. This obedience takes us back to the evidences I was speaking earlier on: abiding, love for one another, bearing much fruit. This is how we teach one another, by exhibiting these in our every day. The Lord is with us when we abide in him. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. So I will ask you, are you in God's word daily? Are you studying it? Meditating upon it? Thinking with purpose? Let it penetrate your heart. Do you spend time seeking the Father in prayer? We cannot bear fruit of of ourselves. We cannot do it. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Jesus is the vine. And he said, behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's a promise. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8. If you've never considered being a disciple of Christ or making disciples for Christ, it is time. Friends, I know there's really great classes out there you can take, there's resources everywhere. But it's out in your everyday. It's out in your everyday. You could talk to Pastor Andrew if you need more direction on uh, resources we have here at Pathway. He can help you, he would love to help you in that. Get you into a class, set you up with somebody. Maybe you're ready to lead one. What's holding you back? I would ask that it's not just these classes that show discipleship, it is what we do at work and uh, how we do it at home. Those are the hard ones. I know they are for me. But if you wanna have a deep, fruitful relationship in the Lord, There's a class that we are running here now. If you know me, you can come talk to me and, or talk to a friend of mine, Andy Hildebrand. if you want to talk with him or myself, we could try to get you in. We would love to talk to you. Love to talk to you. There are other classes happening in this church. ETS is one equipped to serve just I've taken this class, and friends, it is life-changing. To be discipled is life-changing, I'm telling you. So don't be silent. If you're hearing God speak to you, answer him. Remember this, our lives have been bought with a price. Your life is not your own. It's been bought by the blood of the one who could have cast us out into eternal darkness. Instead, He gave us eternal life. Praise God. I just wanna read you one final passage in closing from John 15, 16 through 17 if you wanna find it and read it with me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Thank you.